This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I guess you better get your gun ready. We're going hunting. <laughs> and I, so I got these two tags. I yeah. think I shared them with you that day. And yeah. I, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was just so excited for, for so many reasons. And, and, you know, hunting to me, like I'm sure a lot of your listeners, it's so much more than pulling the trigger and killing an animal. It's yeah. about the experience. It's about family. It's a spiritual journey. It's it's truly a journey that you can mark, you know, life by. Yeah. You know, as you as you go through and, um, you know, and you share that. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoke team. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Fall Obsession Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession Podcast episode. Super stoked to be back on here with you guys again. Our podcast is driven by our friends over at Elite Archery, and I'll talk more about them later. I am Sam with Fall Obsession, your host, and I'm super stoked to be here recording in person here in North Texas with my good friend Kelly Cato again. Welcome back to the podcast, brother. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share, share the story. Yeah, we got another awesome story in store for you guys. If you guys have missed it too, um, Kelly has been on here with us before talking about his Texas bighorn sheep hunt that he had back in 2004, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's a two-part episode series, 61 and 62. You guys need to go listen to it. It's some of the best podcasts we've had on here, so be sure that you hit that up. Actually, I don't even think I've told you, but those episodes are the third most downloaded podcast episodes we've ever had. Out oh, of, really? Out of 80 episodes. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. They're, they're pretty popular, and, and folks have really enjoyed listening to them. So. Oh, great. I appreciate being able to, to get that documented and, and, and shared and... It was it was a good story. Yeah, good absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So we are we are videoing this podcast too. This is this is not at all something that we've done before on our podcast. So yeah. this is definitely a first. But first off, thank you for hosting us in your shop out here. Thanks for coming out. I got an awesome little setup here in your in your. I don't know if it's your man cave, but kind of your it's your my, man. It's your, my shop. Your shop. Yeah. yeah, it's just a shop. Yeah, so. it's just a shop. But if you guys are watching the video, you will see there is a a freshly killed pronghorn head sitting on the table here between me and Kelly. And if you guys are listening in the audio and you want to see it, go check out the YouTube video of this podcast. It's all recorded, like I said. But, man, so you killed this thing just a few days ago like it's yeah, it's well, barely out of the field it's, it's not even obviously not even at the taxidermist yet yeah, that's so. right I'm, and after this is over that's where i'm going i'm going to the taxidermist so it's we caught you just in time just in time <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i shot it on saturday and today's monday so it's two it's days two old. days ago or yeah i guess something like that yeah man so this is 
and I know we'll get into it, but you're kind of on a journey right now yeah. to accomplish something that very few even have the opportunity to do in the Absolutely. state of Texas. I'm so blessed. So why don't you, we're going to, and another thing we're going to do here on camera in front of everybody, and we're going to learn this together somewhat. Oh, yeah. We're going to score this thing roughly. I'm no official score, but we're going to see what he tapes out at. Yeah. Um, so that's another interesting aspect of this. But to start, tell us, tell us why this hunt was important to you. Why, why you, what led up to it and why you wanted to, to kill this thing in yeah, Texas of all places. Absolutely. So, you know, like you mentioned before and, 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 uh, your listeners can go back on that podcast in 2004, I got the opportunity to hunt desert bighorn. Um, it was a draw through the Texas parks and wildlife. Uh, not, I didn't win the grand slam where you get it all in right. one draw, but, uh, but I wanted to accomplish that, uh, get a grand slam since, uh, since, you know, my, f outside of the whitetail, the pinnacle of that, uh, was, was my first animal in that, in that series, which is the desert bighorn. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of started where everybody else finishes. I started with the big guy. And then came back down, yeah. you know, and was just truly blessed. And, and that was just amazing. But just here lately, uh, you know, getting closer to retirement and some other things going on in life. And, and you get to thinking about uh, being more purposeful with uh, with with your your decisions and things to go do and things that you want to get done in yeah. your lifetime, you know, um, and uh, and completing the, the Grand Slam was at the top of my hunting stuff, you know, I've spent a lifetime hunting and, you know, I'm just, I thought, you know what, I've got to be, I got to be purposeful and, and, and really start seeking that out. Yeah. And so, um, I've got the desert bighorn and I've got a white tail that I shot off a, a place right next to the historic Wagner ranch. So both of those are great stories. And then, um, uh, so my cousin, uh, actually, uh, set this hunt up. Anyway, he put his he put some uh, one of the farmers out in West Texas. He put the, put that property in this uh, wildland wildlife program. Yeah, um, I want to say it's WDA, but I don't know. I can't remember. He put that he put that land in in that program, and uh, and did some surveys and stuff. And, and we'll have him on later. Yeah, absolutely. To talk about that program and what it does for uh, for wildlife in Texas and stuff. It's a great deal. But uh, my my cousin Mark Pruitt out in uh, out Whiteface, out in Whiteface, Texas, uh, did this thing, and and uh, I had talked to him about my journey and and you know what's on my bucket list, you know, a mule deer and an antelope, and and as as fate would have it, he he just got on a mission, you know, and went and figured out how to make it happen, and he he got some he got some tags and. He he sent me a a text one day a picture of two tags and he said well I guess you better I guess you better get your gun ready we're going hunting <laughs> and I so I got these two tags I yeah. think I shared them with you that day and yeah. I I was like oh my gosh you know I was just so excited for for so many reasons and and you know hunting to me like I'm sure a lot of your listeners it's so much more than pulling the trigger and killing an animal it's yeah. about the experience it's about family it's a spiritual journey it's it's truly a journey that you can mark you know, life by, yeah. you know, as you, as you go through and, um, you know, and share that with other people. And the fact that I was able to share it with my cousin, you know, and, and he, he kind of set it all up and, and he'd been trying to, uh, you know, put in for antelope hunts to get a tag for me, you know, because this was my wow. journey. And, uh, it just kind of shows you what selfless people are and, and, Absolutely. and, and all that. So, so it was, it was a very meaningful hunt on top of the Texas Slam, or Grand Slam. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, uh, he sent me that picture of that tag and said, we're going hunting. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So the, what, all, what all is in the Texas, or the, the Grand Slam in Texas, basically? Because we, we got the bighorn, the pronghorn, oh, there's a whitetail mule deer. Is that it, or is there, there's something else in there? No. no um, so there's the Grand Slam is, is a bighorn antelope whitetail and mule deer okay and then the texas slam includes a javelina and it does not include the desert bighorn because okay. they're so 
hard to get. You I was, know? Yeah, I was going to say. And so you can still get a Texas slam without getting a grand slam. So, so you're going for a grand slam and then a Texas I'm going slam for plus a, the big horn? I'm going for a, a major. <laughs> I'm going for a major and Texas grand slam and a minor and Texas slam is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> right? Because, uh, you know, the, for, for, for me, if you take the desert bighorn out, for me, uh, the mule deer and the, and the pronghorn would be obviously the hardest ones for me to get. Right. Where, where I live and where, who I hunt with and where I hunt and all that. So, um, fortunately, um, Mark set me up with this one. So, uh, the, the difference is, too, in, in the Texas slam, you have to get them all in one year. Oh, I see. So I've got a mule deer hunt scheduled out West Texas um, in uh, in November, and so hopefully I'll get a whitetail this year. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be hunting whitetail hard, and then uh, and then I've still got to set up a javelina hunt. At but that at that point, you you got you got to go yeah. javelina hunt, right? Yeah. Just because you know you you don't want to miss history on. Well, I mean, you got to capitalize on it just after this alone. Because pronghorn hunting in Texas, it, it, it's, it's on the, the rise, I, I, from what I understand. But it, up, up till now, it really hadn't been something that, I feel like it's been more in trial stages and trial seasons and stuff. Is kinda, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, from, what I, from what I do know, that's kind of where it's been in, in recent years. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, even, even people that, that were living, that, that I spoke to in, in Lubbock and Leveland and and Whiteface and Morton, Muleshoe, people out in that area. Whenever I talked to them about antelope hunting, they were like, "Well, do you do you eat that?" And <laughs> and you know, is it is there a trophy pronghorn? Like like there was very little knowledge about antelope hunting out there, which yeah. kind of surprised me. Yeah. But evidently, it's it's uh, it's not a it's not a real common thing. So. Hmm. Well, tell us. We're, tell us about the hunt. Tell us how how this went and how it all went down. And yeah, then we'll we'll break out a tape and get in the score in this Joker. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, for for the listeners that that, uh, that that listen to the Desert Bighorn, how grueling and how hard that was. This is the other side of the coin. This is <laughs> fortunately uh, it was a, it was a very exciting hunt because of what it was. Um, you know, we uh, we we got in. I got into town the the night before. Uh, before the hunt and uh, and my cousin Mark Pruitt out there um, had had been surveying and scouting and stuff before so he he kind of had an idea of the general area where where we might find some yeah and so uh, uh, you know antelope hunting is different than than deer hunting where you know deer hunting you get up at four o'clock in the morning and you know scent free and you ease out there and you you know walk a few hundred yards and getting your stand or on a fence line or whatever. Yeah. This is not like that. We, you know, got out of the house about seven and stopped by and got some biscuits and sausage <laughs> and <laughs> drove around and, 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 uh, and just, just did a lot of glassing. Yeah. And, 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 uh, so we did that for a few hours. We, we, we just kind of drove around and, or a couple hours, I guess, and scouted it out and, and looked and, and we saw this, this group of, uh, seven does in this, in this buck. And so, pretty exciting deal. You know, we sat there and watched him for a little while, and, and he asked me, you know, is this, is, do you want to shoot that one? Does that, do you like that one? And we're sitting in the truck, and I'm glassing, and, you know, I tried to do my due diligence before I went out there and learn as much as I could about antelope. Yeah. Um, got on a couple of websites, and, um, but uh, I definitely listened to, to Fall Obsessions podcast, you know, so I knew how, how, uh, how, what a treasure this was to be able to get an opportunity to do it. And like we spoke earlier, it's different whenever I can shoot 500 yards, 600, you know, versus 50 or 60. So not, not the same as a bow hunt, but, but, uh, but I, I, I did, uh, I I, I understood what I had, had the opportunity. And so it was open in morning. So I did, you know, like so many hunters do where they start wondering, well, do I wait for something bigger? Or do I capitalize on this opportunity, you know? And uh, so I had that, that uh, internal dilemma back and forth, and I just kept looking at him, and I thought, that's exactly what I think an antelope looks like. 
you know that's that's <laughs> that looks like it, a good it looks prong horn. <laughs> like a good pronghorn to me you know and so um i i told him yeah that's i, I definitely that's the one i want to get you know and uh, of course our range finders were no good at that point because they were so far away um and so we, i pulled up google earth and I, you know, did that little uh, measurement thing yeah. <laughs> where you can see, and, and, and I had them about 1,300 yards, 1,270-something, you know, something like that, 1,300 yards. I can't shoot that far, so um, out there it's so flat, man. It's just like a mirror, like a glass table, you know, and, and there, there's not a lot of elevation changes. <laughs> and so, so we looked at them and thought, man, how are we going to close this gap? Um, they were in, 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 a, in a plowed field with red dirt turned over so they stuck out like a sore thumb which stands the reason that anything else would stand out like a sore thumb yeah you know and so uh we we decided well we'll drive around and there was a peanut field so you know you're in you're not in good hunting area whenever or for concealment anyway when your your biggest thing to hide behind is like six inches and you're <laughs> 230 pound man um uh and so but that's what we had. We had the peanuts. So the peanuts were six, eight inches tall. And um, we drove around to the field and, and we, we saw where they were. And there was just enough, maybe the curvature of the earth. I wouldn't call it a, I wouldn't even call it an elevation change, but yeah. more of a curvature of the earth. It was just, and so, uh, um, you know, I could see, they could definitely see. When we pulled up there and stopped, they, Two of the does stood up and were watching us. A couple of them were bedded down or whatever. And, and uh, all I could see was this guy's antlers or horns on sticking up on top of the peanut field. Yeah. So he's in a plowed field. There's a peanut field in between us. And then there's more plowed field. So Mark and I get out. We make a plan. We're going to – this is the best route, you know. And I got out, and one of the first things I noticed was that wind was straight on the back of my neck. And it was, it was blowing. It was a nice breeze. It wasn't blowing hard, but it was yeah. a nice breeze to my back. And as a deer hunter, I was thinking, yeah, this is not going to work. Not going to work, yeah. It's 930 in the morning. I got two does looking at me. <laughs> the wind is to my back. The cards are stacked against me here. Yeah, I'm with my cousin, and, and we, got, we got guns and tripods and rangefinders and binoculars and and my cousin's not a not a small guy either, and uh, so we're getting out, and I'm thinking, how how are we gonna do this? Like we've already got, they're already looking at us. We we've lost element of surprise and everything. Yeah, we're coming. Our backdrop is the pickup truck. You know, I mean, they, we are not something that they see a lot. So I was I was kind of curious, like how are we gonna do this? Well, Mark had gone out and uh, you know after listening to your podcast about the antelopes and stuff and the and the and the success y'all had with the uh, the fan decoys, he, you know, we were talking on the phone. I said, "Man, we got to get our hands on a fan decoy," and so he went to by Cabela's there in Lubbock, and and they had one left, so he got it. And for those listening that that have never seen it, it's a triangular package, about what do you think, three foot long? Yeah, maybe three, three foot three long, three or a little longer, maybe yeah, a little a little there. triangle package, and so there's a little cardboard box there, and and I'm looking at that thing, wondering, I don't know how that's gonna fold down to a decoy, but you know, but all, all right. obsession says that's the thing to go with. <laughs> We're gonna use that. Yeah, you learned a bunch of mediocre pronghorning tips from a bunch of amateur pronghorn. Hey, I got it done right. That's, <laughs> that, that was my my basis of research was fall obsession, and and I'm sitting here with a big old antelope. So hey, we'll take it. There you we'll go. Take it. Yeah, yeah. So. He said, well, you want to want to just walk out there? And I said, well, you know, you got this decoy. You know, maybe we can use that decoy. He said, yeah, let's, let's take a look. I don't know how to use it. So we opened it up, and, and for people that, that have never seen one, it doesn't even come with instructions. But you open it up, it doesn't come with instructions, because if it did, it would just say open umbrella. That would be like the end of the instructions. Yeah. It is truly just an umbrella right yeah so, it just unfolds yeah that's yeah, it just boom popped out like an umbrella and and we looked at that thing and we both started laughing because like i said i'm not a small guy and and my cousin's bigger than i am and we thought oh there's definitely no way in hell we're closing this distance <laughs> with these things who are already looking at us at 1300 yards um with this little 
umbrella. <laughs> but you know what? Open in the morning, first day, it's either going to work or it's not. We're going to learn some lessons, you know, and that's, again, that's what hunting's about, right, is learning and, and putting that in your Rolodex and, and, uh, and, and going from there. So we, that's what we decided we were going to do. We were going to. We're going to pop this thing out Give hide it behind go. it the yeah. best we can. So if you can imagine two big old boys walking behind an umbrella trying to close the distance, <laughs> and, you know. And so we take off walking, and we, we stop about every 100 yards, and we're walking single file, you know. I'm trying to hide behind him, and he's trying to hide behind the, the little umbrella. And about every 100 yards, I'd lean over and glass yep same two does still looking at us everything else is still asleep or whatever so we'll keep on moving and we kept closing the distance closing the distance we walked all the way up to the peanut field and that was that was where our, our waypoint was going to be the peanut field we'll get there we'll range them from there we'll try to come up with something yeah um i, I was really thinking what i was going to do is belly crawl down those peanut rows that was my, my plan is lay on my belly and just ooch yeah you know until i got to where i oh the plan was walk up there we'll range them from there yeah then we'll decide on how far i would belly crawl from there to feel comfortable in that shot if it was a shot that you know that that i wanted to take right and so we stopped and we we dumped our tripods and you know got our range finders and we start doing all this stuff put my tripod down and put my my gun on it and I got on scope just to see, you know, what, what was going on. And I had it zoomed all the way out, so 18 power, I think. And uh, I saw that buck just kind of stand up and look right at us. And uh, he took off running. And I was like, my cousin said, is he running? I said, he, he's running to us. He's coming to us. I said, yeah. So he gets on his binoculars. So now there's two big old boys sitting on either side of this pronghorn. <laughs> umbrella that's sitting on the ground and we're both looking going oh my gosh he's mad look at him he's he's coming on he's closing the distance so i'm going between my scope and my range finder and i'm i'm like man if he gets i'm gonna let him go as if, if i'll shoot him at five yards if he wants to come that far you know I'm, let's not take any chances because again i appreciate the opportunity right and and uh and, and i i was i was dialed in i was very comfortable with my shot uh, up to up to 500 yards and you know and, and then pretty comfortable outside of that but but i knew at 500 there it was game over um but i would much rather take a 100 yard shot than a 500 yard oh shot, yeah for sure know, for sure just and so i'm on a tripod i'm on my knees i'm i'm steady crosshairs are balanced and he's pissed and he's closing the distance and uh i kept ranging him and and uh, he got he got to like 250 and stopped and just started stomping and and he was moving his head walking side to side uh just like like he just knew okay i know what the thing in the middle is but i'm not sure what the two yeah <laughs> the two things friends yeah yeah the, yeah the two things beside him and and he was looking and and the uh the does had followed him so he was there first and then the does got all around him and he was he he moved very strategically, and I don't know if it was by chance or if if it was something with an antelope. But he kept a doe between me and him most of the time, mm. and uh, and I was watching him, and I told my cousin, I said, he's at 250. If I get a broadside shot with no with no does in the, you know, in in this flat path, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Yeah, like, yeah, put him down. So we uh, I waited, and some of those does took off running, and then he trotted off about 25 yards. And I thought, man, he's he's not gonna give me a shot. You know, they they busted us like they should have. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because we did not, we didn't follow any hunting <laughs> tactical stuff at all. Here. Everything you had learned was telling you to do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. wind at your back, abort, abort. Yeah, nah, we're gonna walk out there. <laughs> Element of surprise, gone, abort. Okay, no, we're nope, here. Yeah. we're going anyway. I mean, it was. I don't know. You you know that that thing you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Very I didn't true. miss this one. Nope. So we went out and uh, and and at, at about two seventy six he turned he turned broadside and looked and I just put him down. Yeah. Just put him down. Did he drop right there or did he run? He 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 ran out of instinct. He he probably went twenty yards and then just face planted. I mean he 
Yeah, yeah, he just – yeah, he didn't, he didn't fold and buckle right there. He ran about 20 yards and, and then plowed dirt. Gotcha. So, I was just like, I, I can't believe that whole thing just happened. Like, we just <laughs> – you know first morning just two hours got it done yeah yeah but you know it was uh it was still um it was still emotional and it was still um like every hunt where you you just think about the the blessing that you were given and the the opportunity and the people you're sharing it with and and the preparation that goes into it and the hours of studying and and the hours of range time whether it's bow or rifle or whatever you know and the 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 kill is such a small part of it to yeah. me. Um, it's it's a I don't want to say anticlimactic. It's part of the journey, but it's the journey that I love so much. Yeah, you know, and uh, and so, you know, we high fived and hugged and oh, I can't believe this or whatever. And I said, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll go back and get the truck because he's out there in this plowed field a little ways. And and so we go and get the. Uh, I go get the truck, pull up, and we start to walk, and the game warden pulled up. So we're talking 15 minutes later. Game warden pulls up uh, and said, that was a good shot. <laughs> and so I guess uh, I guess he was watching from somewhere. <laughs> had his so, eyes on you, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and my cousin had, had been in contact with the game warden, let him know kind of what area we were going to be hunting and all of that. So it wasn't a surprise that, that, uh, that you know, we – saw him out there and then I was so glad to see him there because you know my my bighorn started with Texas Parks and Wildlife and I have such a huge respect for those guys and yeah sidebar story uh, my my cousin Mark his son Ethan is a, a game warden in Colorado oh no kidding yeah so you know always a special special place in our hearts for the game wardens yeah so so that was cool got to share it with him a little bit and uh awesome yeah so we went and picked him up and that was that. And that, you had, that uh, was that. You had your pronghorn knocked out of the way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know your I know your cousin also also killed one. I'll I'll leave that story maybe for him to tell if we get yeah. the opportunity to have him on here and uh, kind of kind of share that side of it as well. But for now, we got a blank score sheet in front of us, and I know. I'm curious. Let's, yeah. Let's do this. So, so kind of to set the stage too, and I know. I know you did a lot of research and everything. I don't know if you are how you feel, or I know we've talked before, but we're we're on air now. Yeah. <laughs> but I I don't know how you feel about judging on the hoof or or looking at one and and guesstimating a score. I I don't consider myself really great at it. I only have a couple of pronghorn hunts under my belt that I've been judging stuff off of, and I'm no professional scorer either for full transparency. But I. I take mine out, and that's about all the pronghorn scoring experience I got. I, I'm guessing this joker around 60-ish is is what I'm gonna is what I'll throw out there, and I might eat my words here in a little bit and look like an idiot if it's nowhere near that. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess 56. 56. All right, yeah, we got. I was gonna say 60.1. You know, like on <laughs> try, to, try, or try to beat me on the high end there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know the the uh, the bighorn I missed I missed by. You know, an eighth of an inch or whatever. So yeah, no, you're. Yeah. you're I'm gonna miss this one. You're normally pretty close. Oh, yeah. Close. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, not the score. I missed the record books. Oh yeah. By, yeah, yeah. By yeah, barely so, anything. So, well, so for record book on on this, so Boone and Crockett is is what we're scoring this because you you took it with a rifle. Mm-hmm. I looked up before I came over here. I was like, well, what what's minimum record book for Boone and Crockett? what what is the record and it's a very narrow window apparently the the rec the minimum to meet the record book i believe is 80 oh, is wow. what they have it set up for boone and crockett pope and okay. young is 66 okay that's what i that's what i saw was but boone and crockett is 80 and the boone and crockett crockett record according to their website what was on there what i saw is only like 82 so wow. that's a very narrow window Absolutely. that some guys are in right now so um and as for, for Pope and Young, I don't remember what the record is. I think it's somewhere in that 80 or 90 range, but somewhere in there. But. You know, I did – I took – we, we kind of talked earlier, but for those of them that's, that's listening, I took a uh, the same approach to antelope as I did with deer, which is don't look at the antlers. Once you make a decision, that's the one. Yeah. Just don't look. Um, and so I, 
one of his uh what do you call this cutters the, the yeah. cutter is broke off on his right side so man that that's that's crazy I, I almost laughed when i saw it because on mine his cutter on his left side was broke now it was still hanging it was still attached yeah you told me that but it had it had broke too and that's how i knew which buck he was because we'd seen him before and and honestly i was lucky he didn't break it all the way off because that thing it was just split like three quarters of the way down and it was still upright but after i shot him he ran away and then oh. when he crashed and i found him it was like down here hanging on by a thread oh. and i was like whoo i almost lost that thing yeah. somewhere along that journey so i got lucky that it didn't bust off yeah. but all right so we're gonna kick it off we printed off what we did again we're amateur scorers over here and not doing this at any official capacity just trying to kind of get a judge on what he is but um, so we got the Boone and Crockett scoring sheet here printed off. So we're going to put our numbers in here that they asked for and uh, and go from that. Try to try to mark these as close as we can. Of course, if anybody's watching the video and they see us do a measurement that's wrong, then I guess you can say something if you want. <laughs> if you're so inclined, it's not going to change yeah. anything we do today. Yeah, but. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just playing here. And, and I did see, I was right, 80 and 82, it, it says here on the sheet, that's the, the minimum and the all-time record for Boone and Crockett. So... I didn't see any out there. I think that was that would make Boone and Crockett. That would be a Boone and Crockett pronghorn. You never know; they're you floating around know. out there sometimes. So, yeah. all right. So the first measurement that it asked for is the tip to tip spread. So we'll measure it right here from tip, tip to tip. We're looking at six and three quarters. No, I, I got it over okay. here. If you just want to stay over there on mic. Oop, if I don't hit my mic, there we go. Something that was interesting about these horns is that, that I, I learned was they're made out of hair. Yeah. And uh, and I guess, like you said before, you're going to take some pictures. Yeah, we'll and, get some good pictures. Where the sure. cutters broke off, if, um, you can see the hairs uh -oh. sticking up. Here, we'll move, um, we'll move that, get a little closer if you want to stand up. Oh. I can sit down. Yeah, but uh, you're going to get a picture of the – you can see the hairs coming out from where that, oh, yeah. that was. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I, that's... I don't know if I've ever really seen that before. But, yeah, apparently their hair just, like, grows into it or something like that. It, it, it's it's yeah, super weird. These, these critters are just – are weird. And and I forget who it was who said it, but they they told me one time, they were like, pronghorn serve zero purpose. He's like, I don't understand why they exist. He's like, they're just out there and they just wander around. That's, that's, that's all they do. They don't do anything else. And I, he yeah. told me that and I was like, he's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the second measurement is the inside spread. So I'm assuming it doesn't tell me anything else. So I'm assuming this is like a whitetail and just the greatest inside spread measurement, which would be somewhere right in here coming to about right there we're going to call that nine inches and if you guys are listening and not watching i apologize if there's some silence in between measurements here but like i said we're writing stuff down and measuring and doing all that good stuff so all right so length of horn is the next one and they they have us they have you measure so you can see on the basis how his hair kind of comes up and everything so mm -hmm. you measure on the outside and you're basically finding because there's some because this is hair there's some gaps so you're basically finding the highest point up where it's consistently all the way around and going from there so and while you're measuring that i'll tell you um because of this this uh i'm assuming it's because of the program that that my cousin was enrolled in with the uh the wma uh or whatever it is <laughs> yeah um, we had to take out the front two teeth, the the two middle teeth on the bottom. Interesting. Um, they don't have uh, antelope. Don't have top teeth. They just have the bottom teeth. They still have that palate or plate, kind of like yeah. a whitetail does. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And so we we had to cut out the the bottom two teeth and send off for for aging and uh, you know whatever information they can get off on that. So I'm assuming I'll get a report back, and that'll be pretty cool find out exactly how old he is yeah so his his right horn measures 13 and a half and his left horn is exactly one inch behind it at 12 and a half 
as see. far as the the length. So what, I googled at one point what is it what is a good like what is a good antelope and uh-huh. and it said uh, eleven inches is average, twelve inches is good, yeah, thirteen inches is exceptional. So. Yeah. So you're you're on the you're yeah. on the that threshold between good and exceptional yeah, right I'll there. Take so that. <laughs> there we are. All right. So now we're getting into again. There's not as many measurements on one of these things as there is a whitetail, obviously. So this next one is going to be the uh, circumference base, which going off of the measurements is for a pronghorn at the very the very base of the horn itself. So go here as low as we can get. Here in Texas, you know, I shot him on opening morning of the season. And then whenever I was uh, skinning him, I noticed how easy the hair, the hair just like fell out. Yes, I noticed that with mine too. When I killed mine back in 18, that was the same way. Was it this time of year? Yes, it was. What day did you kill yours on? On the uh, 2nd. I killed mine October 1st, 2018. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, I was afraid that, you know, the hair is slipping, you know, because being, you know, Waylon being the taxidermist, you know, I, I've heard that before. And, yeah. you know, you always want to take care of them and get that hide, you know, taken care of before uh, before the hair starts slipping. Right. And so whenever, as soon as I started skinning this thing, I was, clumps of hair was coming off. But what I found is I found out that it's at this time of year, they're shedding their summer coat, getting their winter coat. Yeah. So it's just that. That's just all that's going on right so, now. So, so funny story w- with mine. We we had him. I, I had him shoulder mounted. You know, it was actually the first animal I ever had shoulder mounted. And I noticed. I was like, man, his coat's really weird. And my wife, she told me. She said, well, get like what you don't have shoulder mounted. Like get his butt. Like just the hide tan. I was like, are you serious right now? I was like, <laughs> yeah. you want his butt hot tan? You want the hide tan? She goes, yeah. I do. Like, we'll just drape it over a chair or something, you know, just to be kind of cool. And long story short, in the end now, it does look cool sitting on a chair in So my you office. had it done. I had it done. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all. It ain't worth it. <laughs> don't do it. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks cool, but the second you sit down, you come off with antelope hair oh, on your yeah. back. Yeah. So you can't – it's got to be in a chair nobody sits in. It's, yeah. it's decorative only. It just – yeah. It's not worth it. Just I've, shoulder mount him and that's it. Just be yeah. done with it. So that's <laughs> my recommendation. So his circumference, both bases, for my measurements, I'm measuring the same six and five eighths is the circumference on both bases. So this, the next measurement, again, we're going off of circumferences, is going to be uh, the first quarter. So with a whitetail, you know, you measure, you measure the bases, and then I believe you're measuring like in between each time. Mm-hmm. So with him, we measure the base, and then we're going to come up to kind of right in here below his cutter, okay. and we're going to measure again is according to the to the fancy diagram that Boone and Crockett's got here. So awesome! And you were able to just download that off of a website? Yes. Yeah, so print it off? so Boone and Crockett has for for anybody interested, they have all the score sheets for any animal that they have that you can score you can go to their website and you can print them off any score sheet you want. So whitetail, bear, moose, elk, you name it, they got it. So if, if anybody ever wants to have a score sheet handy or you're wanting to just tape your own animal out just to get an idea on what it is. Cause I mean, that's what I did with Pope and young Pope and young has a similar thing too. So, um, yeah, you can just go to their website and download a score sheet. So, so we got six inches on, the left one and six and one eighth for this uh, first quarter circumference. Uh, An eighth is a difference here. So second quarter is going to be above the cutter right here after it comes back in. So that one's looking like four, a four and an eighth on that one. He does, and, and again, I'm... I have only had my hands on really one good pronghorn, and that was my own. So I don't know if I'm the best judge. The left uh, horn's the same, four and an eighth. Um, the well, you got a you got a point of reference. To, I have a point. Of, I have a point of reference, but but my I guess my point being what I was going to say is to me he looks heavy, like 
he has a good a good strong amount of mass and i don't know if from the video they can tell really well but i mean it's 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 the diameter of your fingers yeah. right there so turn it that way too yeah all right so the circumference we got the third quarter which is going to be the last uh circumference measurement which is going to it looks like it's right here where he starts to kind of hook on each side so mm -hmm. right here toward the end yeah, his left hook has broke off just a little bit. Yeah, too. he's rubbed that uh, off a little bit. Oh, it's a, it's one inch shorter, so I'm guessing an inch. Yeah, somewhere in there probably. I mean, he's he's a relatively symmetrical goat. He does this one. His left one does start the curve a little earlier than this one, so I don't know exactly how that would have played out. But all right, so this one we got two and three quarters for the left one. For that final circumference measurement and on this one about two and seven eighths so just slightly bigger so a one eighth difference again all right so this last measurement that they have is the the length of the prong so the cutter is what they're calling the prong and we're going to measure all the way from the back of the horn to the very tip of the prong um, I believe on the outside. And if I'm wrong, somebody can comment on here and be a Debbie Downer and correct me. <laughs> yeah. For four inches on the nose for the left one. I'll be off mic for a second on this next one. All right, so that second one we're going to call three, and that's because he's broke. I bet he would have been every bit of four, if not more, on that side if he yeah. hadn't been broke. So one difference there. All right, so now we're going to add all these together, which is always the fun part. I gotta convert some of these to eighths because I don't ever write them down right. So while you're while you're adding, something that I learned about pronghorns is they don't jump fences; they only go under fences. Yes. And so did did yours have this in the, on the back this? like sores on like not sores but like scrapes on the so he didn't have those quite like that i was looking at that because he's on this back side we'll get a picture of it he's almost rubbed down to the, he is rubbed down to the skull to the, oh to the skull yeah you can yeah. see white right there like yeah. it's crazy so my cousin's is way worse than this one really and so i called waylon who's a taxidermist yeah. you know and was like hey what do you think this is you know because i didn't know you know, is it, is it some kind of parasite or something? And he's yeah. like, man, I guarantee you it's uh, where they were been going under fences. And and then it was like, well, duh, that's exactly what that is, is just rubbing it from going underneath the fence because that's the yeah. only place it is, is right there on the back of his head. And um, All right, so for, and I'm, I'm Kelly's talking while I'm adding here, but um, for the right horn, what it totals out at, um, all the measurements combined like you're supposed to add them, He's got 36 and 2 eighths on his right. Wow. So we're on pace to break that 60 now. Yeah. And, and again, that's his, that's his right. That's his. Yeah. Now, this one has the cutter broke, but this side has the, the is about an inch shorter yeah. on, the, on the, main, the, the actual horn length. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how this comes out here. Wouldn't it be crazy if it measures out symmetrical? I, although it's, it, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be honestly it's gonna be pretty close I, yeah so i i am not a fan of how of how they do deductions i think and this is my personal opinion i feel like it takes away from like the true the true score of the animal yeah. when you take the put the deductions in there but we're gonna well obviously we'll tell you what it is with and without the deductions but yeah um all right let me finish this one you know the my next hunt on my on my hit list is that mule deer hunt and uh it's going to be so much different than the antelope because what I learned also about antelope is they will not go where they can't see. Uh -huh. So anything that's up, they they won't like go out there and lay down to be safe. They'll go out in the middle of an open field and lay down, and then their their white bodies kind of give them away. But uh, while we were up there looking, there were we saw a bunch of mule deer, and they're exactly opposite of that, and they they laid down in in nothing and. We're just still while we drove by them, and so 
that's a good thing to think about if you're hunting around a water hole make sure you hunt around a water hole where there the weeds aren't tall because they won't come to that water yeah that's very true yeah. i'm excited to see how old he is because he he was like i said he was a lot bigger and then uh his his neck is full rut and i noticed that there was no other bucks in in his group all the other bucks that we saw the other couple of days we were there they they still had like a bachelor group i guess was what you would call them or a yeah. herd that had two or three bucks yeah and uh so what i'm hoping is he's just an old dude that don't have time to mess with them young kids you know <laughs> and beat them on out of there so all right you ready yep okay so this goat we were both wrong first okay. off we were both off so this goat tapes out once you take the once you factor in the deductions he's 70 wow 70 inches and i honestly i think a lot of that is the mass i think the mass is what gives him 70 yeah that's what i noticed too so was the whenever i saw him out there the mass is what kind of set him apart yeah the neck mass but also that the the horn yeah i keep wanting to say antlers but i I do too I, i make the mistake all the time so but he 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 tapes out before deductions at 72 and two eighths and he's got two inches and two eighths difference, which is the wow. deductions. So that puts him at 70 inches even for his fine. Again, wow. all, our final yeah. score, a, a, a Boone <laughs> the, and Crockett score might come in here and be like, man, y'all were so yeah. wrong, but that's the, what I'm getting. The Denton so. County fall <laughs> obsession fun in the shop score is yeah. 70. The shop awesome. podcast score is 70. Yeah, so absolutely. 70 inches. So that, man, that's a, that's a stud goat. That's man. That's a cool deal. Not that's one that you don't pass on for sure. So that, that, that score really, it, it surprised me. I knew he was going to score well because of the mass, like you said, yeah. but I, I looked at the mass and I figured he'd be in the sixties, but again, I was going off of, off of mine, which probably isn't quite, I mean, the bases are probably similar, but he's not as heavy all the way through as yours. Um, but he's taller. So I, I, going off of that, I was like, man, this, he's, this boy is probably about 60, but I, I misjudged his mass. He's, he's got a lot of mass on him. So he's a, he's a good one. Awesome. But I'll let you hold on to that. If yeah, you want. for sure. So that's awesome. That's, Thank uh, you. That's what I got for, for measurements and everything. So it, it's yeah. kind of the way it printed out. It's kind of hard to see the, the template there. It, it, it is there. It's just yeah. really faded, but very cool. Well, man, that, like I said, a stud animal and I really appreciate you coming on to, to tell your story and, and, and letting us score on the podcast and on video too. This is, I, I know we were talking before, but I don't, I can't think of another podcast where I've watched a video and they have a, not like a mount, but like a dead animal <laughs> just sitting in between them. They're taping it out while they're recording yeah, and podcasting and hanging out. So. Yeah, we're shooting flies <laughs> away from the deal. And I'm wondering about, you know, getting it back on ice. And yeah, he that. needs to go back in the freezer soon, probably. We've been gawking at him for a while. But, yeah. Uh, and I know you're going to take him to taxidermist yeah, here yeah. before too long. but For sure, but. I, I mean, obviously you got the cape, so I guess you're doing the full shoulder and everything. And yeah, we're going to do a pedestal mount. A pedestal. And, I was uh, going to ask what kind, but yeah, we're going to do a pedestal mount, and um, you know, hopefully be able to put everything on there. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll I'll be able to, uh, you know, get my mule deer and be one step closer. Well, that'll be my final step. You know. Yeah, you got to. Uh, I mean, a white tail. I got to get a white tail this and year. And the javelina, but the, uh, the I mean, the mule deer is the big, the next yeah. big challenge, if you will. Yeah. So. I appreciate Fall Obsession documenting it and, and being a part of the the journey, man. It just means the world man, to me, man. I, I'm glad we can do what we can with this. I know I know we were, we've been talking and texting the past couple of weeks back and forth, and you've yeah. been trying to talk me into going out there with you and videoing, and I, I, I really wanted to, but at the same time, it was opening weekend of deer season on the yeah. new lease, and I couldn't miss that. And But I, I'm hoping... I'm hoping we can figure something out to have somebody with you to actually video your mule deer hunt, and then obviously if you get a if you get a mule deer, and, and of course if you finish the slam, we'll we'll yeah. have to get you back on here and yeah, do something we'll else because this step. is this is a journey. Like I said at the beginning, that very few have the opportunity to take or or to just take in general. So uh, the fact that you're doing that doing it's pretty pretty awesome, and we're happy to be along to to share it and document it for you. 
Thank you. If, if we would have got you out there to video it, we I had the perfect soundtrack for it. It was and you could pe- play it like in a little slow motion burst of us walking out there. Stop the video. The, the video's titled, you know, most amateur pronghorn hunters. Yeah, do not do that. <laughs> Here's what these hunters are doing wrong. Well, yeah. man, I mean, they're curious creatures, and and that book played into that. You know, even though y'all were out there in the open, and man, it worked out. Obviously, you got one sitting on the table here yeah, between us. It did. So. It did. Well, man, we'll we'll wrap it up. We'll hop off here. I know we're, we'll get some pictures while before this thing goes back on ice and uh, get some pictures of them real quick. And of course, when we get the mount back or you get the mount back, we'll come back out and photograph them some more for you. Yeah, but, cool. Um, again, I appreciate you coming on. It's yeah. fun getting to hang thank out you. and hear the story and and tape a tape a goat out on camera with you. I enjoyed yeah. it. Well, thank you for for doing it. You bet. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for listening or watching. If you're watching the video, if you're just listening and not watching, I encourage you guys to go check it out. It's a pretty, pretty cool setup that Cato's got here. And then, uh, obviously you get to see the goat and all that too. And some of this stuff might make a little more sense when it comes to the taping out, if you're watching, but appreciate you guys tuning in. If you haven't already go hit that follow and subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. We're on all major podcast platforms, as well as our website, fallobsession.com and our YouTube channel. Uh, Be sure you subscribe to that YouTube. We got multiple new videos a week coming out right now. If you go to our website, fallobsession.com slash podcast, you guys can find a form on there you can fill out in addition to seeing all of our podcast episodes and the videos that we've done and stuff. If you want to send us feedback, you can do it from that page. Guests or topic suggestions are welcome as well. Um, follow us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe. I already said, subscribe to our YouTube quick shout out too to our friends over at elite archery. We moved this sponsor spot to the back of the episode and I almost forget about it every time because we do it, but, um, we are partnering with elite happy to happy to have that the case. So if you haven't shot an elite bow yet, go to your local dealer, pick one up, try it, see if it's right for you. Take their shootability challenge and check them out at EliteArchery.com. They're great equipment, and we wouldn't be shooting them if we didn't believe in them. So go check them out. And finally, if you guys uh, have the opportunity to, or if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcast. Five stars if you think we're worth it, and if we're not, go to that webpage I told you all about and tell us why we're not. That way we can make the podcast better. So appreciate you all tuning in, Kelly. Thank you again. Appreciate you. you coming on. Appreciate you. And we will be back with you guys next week for another Monday morning Fall Obsession podcast episode. We'll catch you then. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.